This weekend, we're going to be hearing from that uh, account of Matthew's call, is that today we just begin with that understanding of what God has given us as we hear from those very words from Matthew chapter 9. That as Jesus passed from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Is that, and when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, that why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what it means. I desire mercy and not just sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please join me in prayer. Almighty God, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to seek and to save the lost. Graciously open our ears and our hearts to hear his call and to follow him by faith, that we may feast with him forever in his kingdom. To the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so today we want to reflect upon that very passage of Matthew chapter 9 a bit. That when you begin to think about what God has done here, I want you to think about something a little bit closer to home, something that I think that we all have experienced at different times. That schoolyard or classroom or gym class experience of picking teams. That how did that go for you? Or maybe even still, even as adults, that there are many different teams that are picked and not just for sports. So how do you go about picking who's right for the team? Then in the midst of things, what qualities do you look for? What characteristics or traits are you seeking to have the right people on your team? Well, I think first off, you have to determine what kind of team are you really looking for? Is it are we looking for athletes or mathletes? Is it are we looking for musicians or academics? Is it are we looking for those who are the fastest and tallest? Or are we looking at those who are the smartest and the cunningest? That when you begin to think about what it is of what we are looking in in others to be part of the team. I think it depends on what it is that we're looking for. Now, when you think about beginning a, a worldwide impacting company, one that you think is indeed going to be looking for a team of leaders that is going to truly change the world. So what kind of characteristics or qualities would you look for? But I kind of find it interesting that Jesus is like, I'll take a couple of fishermen. I'll take the guy who, yeah, he really doesn't like the government. Is that I'll take that guy who thinks that I'm never going to amount to anything because of where I was born, because nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Is that, oh, and by the way, I'll take 
Yeah, you know the one that nobody likes? The one that everybody's got a bone to pick with. I'll go ahead and take that tax collector, that greedy, thieving, conniving, and indeed backstabbing tax collector. Now those are my words, not Jesus. <laughs> but let's just stop and think about that for a second. That what made Jesus pick a couple of sets of brothers who are fishermen? What made Jesus pick this guy by the name of Nathaniel, who also goes by Bartholomew? And especially, what caused Jesus to step into the midst of the life of a tax collector named Matthew and to call and invite him to follow? That when you begin to think about this, is that when you look at of all the people that he could have picked and all of the people that were there for selection, that there were many, many who came volunteering and saying, Lord, I'll come, I'll follow. And Jesus warns them in different parts of the Gospels is that there's others that find themselves with life interrupted, that something has come in that has stopped all of their plans, all of their expectations, plan, you know, interrupted their very lives, and now drove them to seek Jesus. But is that the case for Matthew? Is that the gospel authors, as they begin to present the very accounts of what happened, is that they, they present them in a very specific way. That Matthew here gives just the briefest of accounts of how things happened. And yet, what do we see? We see a man who doesn't appear like he was seeking Jesus. We see a man who, in all accounts, would be considered an outcast within his town. Someone who would be shunned from the synagogue and from the religious people. A man who in so many ways was always looking out for number one. See, back then, the way that the tax collection system worked was that the government, the Roman government in specific, would go ahead and sell you the rights to collect taxes within a certain area. Then you got to go ahead and pick your surcharge. As one commentator said, is that they were that out of area ATM or those online credit card charges. Is that there's the amount that they have to charge because they have those expenses that they have to pay. But then there's those huge fees over and above that are simply there to line their pockets. But back then, there was nothing that prevented them from doing whatever it took to bring in as much money as they desired. So Matthew was one who not only was he one who took their money in many ways in conniving and thieving ways, but Matthew likely was one who had turned his back on his own countrymen and sold himself out to this foreign Roman power who was seen by so many as simply oppressors. I mean, is this the guy that you want to go ahead and represent you? Someone that everyone says, why would you call him? And yet, what do we see? 
that we see the most briefest explanation that Jesus, as he was passing by, saw Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. And now he suddenly calls him. I mean, in the midst of this, that Jesus just simply comes into him in the midst of his business, his work, of his day doing his thing. And yet Jesus calls. I mean, Jesus doesn't come and say, Hey, Matthew, if you don't have anything going on, if you kind of, sort of, maybe want to follow me, if it's not too much of an inconvenience. Now, what does Jesus do? Jesus walks up to his booth and says, You, follow me. I mean, if somebody walked up to you at your workplace and offered you the same, I think that there would be some questions. (laughs) So what is it that's going on with Matthew? What is it that might be a little bit of that behind the scene? Is that maybe, maybe Matthew is one who wasn't simply one of those hard-bitten skeptics, one who was simply out to make a buck. That maybe, maybe Matthew was one who found himself like so many others that one mistake after another has led him down a life path that he just doesn't seem like he can get out of. Maybe you, maybe you look back on your past and you see yourself still carrying that guilt with you. Maybe you're in that same boat of those past mistakes or missteps or those past decisions have left you wondering, how could God use someone like me? Maybe you've found yourself, that I've done something too bad, too far gone, is that I am not worthy of such things. But what does it mean that Jesus chooses Matthew of all? And he doesn't simply call him of kind of, sort of, maybe, if you. No, how does Matthew respond? Is that Matthew responds, then he gets up and he goes. Sir, yes, sir. (laughs) What is it that we begin to take from this? Is it when the Lord calls that we must answer? When the Lord places his very word upon our life, is it doesn't he call us indeed to heed his word? That I love that very idea that God speaks to us That today, God is calling to us in his word. He is calling to us in his very word and in his hymns and songs and in so many places that he is calling to us to now heed and to hear what it is that he has. And so for Matthew, that he now hears that very mercy calling, That very mercy of saying that I don't care about your past. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've run. That today, that I chase you. See, as we begin to think about this sermon series that we're going to be kicking off this coming week within our our church service, 
is that we're going to be talking about the plans and the promises of God for his church. Is that God's plans and promises for you are those good plans and promises of his grace, of his forgiveness, of his love for you. That too often our world today is that simple idea of accept me as I am and then leave me alone. That leave me be the way that I am. But what is it that Jesus continues to show? That Jesus meets us right where we are. He accepts us as we are and comes to us today with his grace, his mercy, and his peace. But he is not happy to leave us there. That Jesus wipes away our past, but he won't let us simply sit in the present. He's got plans for us. Not just plans for us individually, but plans for us as his very people, as that very people of God who have been called in his name. So as we step into the midst of this account from Matthew 9, we see this great joy that Matthew rejoices that how could Jesus pick someone like me? I mean, isn't that the joy that is there? Whereas the Pharisees and others might look at and say, why does Jesus pick people like that? That I think we all must confess that just as Jesus goes on to say that we are all sick, that we all need the healing touch of the great physician, that there is a distinction between those who are proud and those who are humble. The fact is, is that we are all sinners. But the difference is that when we hear that voice of Jesus, when we hear him calling to us in his word, that how will we respond? With humility, of confession and repentance, of turning from our sin? That when God calls, we don't get to just go ahead and pull out that phone and hit it on silence. That when God calls us in, his, in our lives, that we don't just get to choose, I'll just let that go to voicemail. <laughs> no, God is calling us, calling us to his forgiveness and grace. But he's also calling us as a church to step forward, to step out in faith, to step out as those who would welcome others that need to hear that same message that we don't know about your past and where you've been. Frankly, we shouldn't care. That we just know that God has plans for you. That we are called to be that people that makes a space for others. That as Matthew now welcomes Jesus into his home and welcomes his friends, welcomes you know, the other tax collectors and sinners and others to come and hear what he has received, that isn't that the very calling of the church? That there's always room for one more hypocrite at the table. <laughs> there's always room for one more person who needs Jesus in their life. It is the very calling of God. And so we pray 
that God would stir in the midst of our lives and call us forward as we go in his path.